So that's going to be our new lighter flick. It's going to be the Little Wayne lighter flick is going to be the beer can opening. I especially just got right into it. But <laughs> welcome everybody back to the Clapper Report. Uh, another episode on a Saturday morning. Um, I didn't just crack a beer it's Saturday, on Saturday morning. Yo, 9 a.m.? No. But uh, <laughs> on a more serious note, uh, we do touch base on the recent news in the NHL, um, the postponement of these uh, Thursdays and Friday night games, um, a very serious topic that definitely needs the full attention by not only the NHL, not only us, but but the entire country and, and world in general. So glad we're talking about it and glad uh, the, the teams here are giving us uh, the opportunity to, to discuss. Um, from there, also, uh, we do talk about the past couple of games and, and you know what we think the rest of the series are going to look at um but yeah let's just get right into it hey guys we just wanted to uh start this episode by talking about the most recent and the most important news in the nhl this week um the nhl postponed their games on thursday and friday the round two of the playoffs um in support of Black Lives Matter, and uh, the recent protests going on uh, in the country this week. Yeah, um, definitely great to see the the players standing up for something all together. Yeah, because it wasn't the NHL; it was the players. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Um, again, it, it it felt a little late, but it was good to see from them, and even to see. Um, I don't even know what was it considered like the conference that they had with all the players. Yeah, I think the Players Association, yeah. Yeah, so, well, they, they even had, like, a video where they came out and all the players were standing together talking, so it was great to see them using their platform and, and continuing a conversation that, that definitely does need to happen, yeah. and it, it's great that the players, not only in this league, but across sports in general, are yeah. uh, are coming together in support. And, and solidarity. Yeah, so. Of uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, and, uh, and yeah, just the equal opportunities and equal rights for everybody uh in the world uh yeah i know it's kind of weird coming from us to some uh suburban white kids but, yeah uh, no you know it's definitely, definitely support yeah you got to support it um and you know the whole thing starts with discussions starts with having those uncomfortable conversations and um really just learning and uh really just standing in support for Everybody around you, you know, uh, your brothers and sisters, regardless of race or ethnicity. And, um, yeah, yeah, we support it. And, uh, you know, it's good that the NHL did it. Yeah, definitely. One, um, <laughs> one comment that actually is actually not, it's not funny, but it's like interesting because of how much of a shitty player he is on the ice. And how much I can't stand him on the ice. And I think you you feel the same way, Brad Marchand. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he said it best when he was talking about the people who say, oh, let's not bring politics into sports. And um, this one I agree with a lot. It says, that's one thing people, I quote, that's one thing people continually mix up. That's not what this is about. We're not being political. It's about people being equal and being treated the same, end quote. And um, then he also said, in reference to the stick of the sports crowd, he said, uh, quote, too bad we have bigger things we care about want to do and want to improve on end quote and uh great things to hear from him yeah exactly and i think that just that just shows that um it is bigger than hockey it's bigger than sports and you know as much of a rat 
as somebody can be on the ice, you know, uh, they have a good part to them. Yeah. No, you're seeing a lot of these players rally behind each other. I mean, you had Reeves, who was just in this big fight with, you know, yeah, your Canucks, and uh, yeah. he had them standing behind them all in support together. So yeah, but like, how can you? Yeah, how can you hate that though? It's like, no, it's now good. it's like gonna be rough watching the next game and like being like, damn, you know, like oh, he's such a pain in the ass on the ice. But it's like you know the things that he's doing for this. You yeah, know, he's. I mean, the two of those guys and everybody else. Um, you know, they had the four captains of the East sitting there together talking, and it's like how you know how can you now root? For, uh, you know, bad for him, but. No, it's definitely a good talk, and I'm glad it's happening. And I hope it doesn't stop here. I hope yeah. it's not like the publicity stunt, you know, air quotes there. But yeah, and like, I feel they, like they were forced to do it, you know. But yeah, I feel like their um, their uh, hand was kind of forced because, especially this uh, NHL hockey in general, is seen as a league that is for like privileged white people. But that's due to like the like um. Oh, the demographic of the sport. The demographics and, like, the resources that you need to play, need to play. It, You know, I mean, it's yeah. like, even we can't really play it too much out here. Yeah, I, I had to stop when I was young playing roller hockey because of, yeah. you know, things with... It's expensive, yeah. and you, know, you got need an ice rink, so, you know, hopefully that... Uh, you're right, hopefully the conversation doesn't stop here, and hopefully action doesn't stop here. You know, hopefully a diversity office of the NHL is able to help try and bring in a bunch of people from diverse backgrounds... Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree with you on that. And I, it'll be interesting to see how the NHL reacts going forward. Um, it, I hope the players in, in the NHL together in these conversations that they have wasn't just about saving face and it, and it was about creating plans and creating yeah. something going forward for them to look back at and say they actually made change yeah. rather than just being a part of the public eye. Yeah, deal. and like standing up for each other. That being said, you know, it's nice to see everybody stand together in solidarity in the NHL. And, um, you know, that they show that they do support Black Lives Matter. Yeah. yeah it's and, great to see. And it's great to see. And uh, hope the conversation continues and action continues from, you know, the players and any sports and even our country as well. So great to see and hope to see some change. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. So before the NHL postponed the games Thursday, Friday, there was also a bunch of other things that were going on around the league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, round two has been nothing short of craziness. Yeah, yeah, honestly, very entertaining. Very, very entertaining. So we will definitely start to break down some of those series and the, the major storylines surrounding that. But, but, we ha- but we have something more important first. Oh, one hundred and ten percent more important than. Could you say one hundred and eight percent for the grade eight? I hated that. <laughs> I hated everything about that, but we're gonna keep that just because it does work somewhat. It's a stretch, but but yeah, it checks the, out. the grade eight OV now gonna be the cover of NHL twenty one, with an interesting release of well, I don't want to say release because they've not released yet, but a interesting rollout of the cover and. Just announcement of the game in general. I hate the cover so much. I, so I don't like it. I yeah. I think that it's a little cluttered, but I like the concept of like the I guess the future marketing, yeah, like modern, modern kind of Jetsons vibe. Like I'm not even Jetsons, but I feel like that's what like a lot of people think. I don't want to say pop culture, but a lot of like marketing is moving towards now. Like with their design, a lot of like light colors, flashy kind of. Like yeah, and it has like that like 
digital-esque. Like, I, it feels like a 2021 game, yeah. if that makes any sense. So, so basically, if you haven't seen it, go, yeah, definitely go Google check it, it out. Definitely, but um, I guess uh, we're not looking at it right now, but off the top of my head, it's just like eight pictures collaged of Ovechkin yeah, collage. with him in the middle, but it's like, just it's very busy. It is very that's busy. The thing that I don't like about it. They they definitely moved away from the traditional EA sports game because they all yeah. typically look the same. Like in yeah. the past, it kind of took like the more of like the the two K look because two K always had a lot going on. Not quite as busy as this logo. Yeah, but it felt like I was reading like a or looking at like a Foot Locker sign where it's just no, like a bunch of things yo, flying everywhere. Think about that. Like well, I mean honestly, <laughs> yo. Honestly. <laughs> I think it's the only way to really. I'm getting, I'm getting a what's called PTSD to like Black Friday, <laughs> working in the outlets of the mall. Yeah, I mean that, that's um, what their designs realistically looked like. But it also looks a lot like the Madden 21 cover. Yeah. So know? I think EA Sports in general, at least this year, is trying to appeal to more of a younger crowd, or at least to like the newer demographic of like the younger. I don't even know how to exactly say it, but it's definitely going for like that younger, more hip quote-unquote crowd um i definitely just popped that p right into the mic there <laughs> let's not destroy our listeners ears now but yeah uh, i don't know i, I kind of like it i don't like ov so i'm a little not that i don't like him I, I give him credit for what he's done in the sport but it was cool though it looked like they're gonna have i mean i don't know maybe it's just the way they're marketing it but it seems like they're gonna have like a story mode around him yeah they're gonna have like an nhl 14 live the life kind of thing where it seems like where you're gonna because i was reading a little bit about it and they were talking about how it's like there was like thousands of different dialogues that there that there are which is so cool to me actually um and that just makes me think there's gonna be more like interviews and like talking with like the coach players and everything and interacting with fans which is something that I feel like I think it's been since NHL 15 or 16 that they haven't had it. Yeah. No, it seems like it's going to be a very cool mode. I mean, I didn't play yeah. that um actually. The live the life. Yeah, I, didn't, I never really got to it. See, it was it was fun and it's a lot better than what it is now, but it was just like it was the same repetitive stuff. It's like, you know, your coach set, or like the the media asked you, you know, what could you have done different? And it's like a very cocky yeah. answer, a very modest and then two like lukewarm hockey answers and it's like, yeah. well, like I'm obviously gonna pick the lukewarm hockey answer. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't no, they have like the canned response. I feel like I've played. You've all played mode. It's like the choose your adventure. Yeah, mode. but that's what they're saying. It's gonna be more like, which is pretty cool. And uh, yeah, that that that's definitely cool. I, I think the NFL or Madden uh, has their own version of that that actually came out pretty good. And I think yeah. even 2K definitely 2K was did, the one yeah. that really kind of I don't want to say pioneered, but they definitely had the uh, the push to creating modes like that in sports games which is cool i mean yeah. it's gonna give a lot of kids like the uh what it's like to the, live what it's the like life. yeah live the life <laughs> I, I used to love to be a pro mode that was my favorite mode i mean i still do i just recently got back into the online um but yeah it's pretty fun yeah so, so i'm, I'm interested to, to see it. it um next though uh i do want to give credit to the nhl um i know a lot of sports are, are dealing with a lot of problems with COVID and stuff like that. Yeah. Just take a look at the MLB. They're they're canceling games left and right. Tons of players and coaches getting sick. Um, knock on wood. No no serious situation, at least yet. But uh, definitely a lot of cancellations and speculation about how it can really continue. 
But the NHL with their bubble, I feel like they did a great job. And now yeah. they're four weeks, officially four weeks with no positive cases. Which is so sick. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, the way they do it is probably really strict and maybe a little hard on the players and stuff like that. Definitely not an easy situation for these players to be in, but they're doing a tremendous job. Yeah. My favorite word. And they're uh, they're definitely they're definitely doing it the right way. Yeah, and certainly. it's you're gonna see every other sport kind of. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay but. Sorry, I had to throw that in. Um but yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um I mean, definitely like with the start of next season. I mean, I don't want to think too far ahead with it, but like they were talking about um then they were they were just having talks i think earlier this week about like um having four bubble cities yeah i saw that too instead of two which um could be beneficial but also you know would they bring their families into it yeah you know there's gonna be a lot more questions and it's definitely a longer time yeah i mean how can you be away from your family for like six up to six months you know i don't know yeah or or maybe they'll do like what i would think would be kind of cool is if they did all their games with that one team Mm -hmm. and then moved on to the next team I know oh, that sounds okay. kind of stupid, but like, have those players travel, have Vancouver travel to Long Island, play however many games they would have played that season. Let's say they would have played three games against each other. Have them play all three games in like a mini series type thing, mm-hmm. and then have Vancouver, you know, walk down the street, go to the Rangers, play their four games for the entire season, and yeah. move on. See, what I was the kind of thinking that would wouldn't be like a bad idea. Is like you know how like the lockout seasons they were only doing like Western Conference teams play Western Conference teams yeah like maybe yeah. like that you know keep like, it like that that might be a like good a, idea it'd be like a fifty game season which I think would be akin to what the January because I think they want to start in January yeah. so it'd be like January to I don't know like April May and then they you know I don't know something yeah. like that but it's definitely something to think about yeah I mean there's a lot of ways they can play it uh, it's gonna hopefully we're not in the same situation that we are in now um, hopefully we eventually get this vaccine and things can i don't i don't expect us to be in the stands by next season who knows what the future holds be pretty dope but uh (laughs) i don't i don't think that's definitely gonna be a at all a possibility especially january but yeah it would be nice to see them get uh figure out a plan that that that's good for both the players and their mental health because Mm -hmm. that's obviously something that's popping up too yeah i mean even just in like the general public yeah you know yeah i mean mental health during the pandemic yeah i mean we need our sports otherwise we'd be going crazy i know yeah we were for a couple months there yeah i know it's i feel like it's such like a i don't want to say i don't know the correct word selfish thing where it's like i need my sports but it's like kind of glad we got it it makes everything yeah no definitely gives us all something to talk and look forward to day by day yeah exactly i stopped watching shows that i didn't really care about and now i'm watching hockey which is pretty sick and that's all i wanted during all of this you know Considering that's like all I was watching before the pandemic. Yeah. You know, it's like all I watched. So we, we I've had multiple days just spent to Xbox and our our server. Remember that? Oh yo, our server? Our server was the best, yo. Bro. Shout out to the server. Shout out to the, the town. No, but um next on our list here, and not that I'm happy to see somebody lose their job, but certainly glad that it was at the hands of the islanders. <laughs> Uh, Todd Reardon, he uh, he got let go from the Capitals after falling again in the first round. His yeah. second back-to-back season, losing in the first round. And the Capitals said that was enough. So they, they let him go. And I know that now they're in search of a, you know, a, a new coach. Uh, from the reports that we're seeing and the NHL is reporting as well, 
they're looking for a a seasoned vet, you could say, somebody who's shown success before. Yeah. So they they're slim pickings, but there's a couple names out there that's definitely being circulated. Well, so I mean, I don't know, are 2 years enough for a coach? Um, Especially a team that's made the playoffs for those 2 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think that I mean, I don't know. I mean, the, the I Capitals think they, are obviously a great team, but well, that's the other thing you have to look at. They have a lot of pieces. Like, the yeah. Capitals, like, they're running out of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you well, take I mean, a look at Ovi. I mean, I don't yeah. know how much longer he has in the tank. Maybe he's going to be like, Yager, who's playing what seems like forever. True. But, at least prime years out of him, you don't know how much you're getting. And yeah. then there's even other pieces on their team that are, are, are starting to get older, coming up on contract years, I'm assuming, at this point. Yeah, so, I mean, some of those pieces are, are definitely going to kind of fall off. I mean... I mean, start to take a look at the core of their team, though, and the the ages of these guys are starting to get into their 30s, most I mean, of them. Yeah, so like the Norris candidate, John Carlson, I believe he's 30. Holpe, I think he's 30 and coming in contract year. Uh, TJ Oshie's 33. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Nick Backstrom is 32, and Ovi, I think, is 33, 34. So, I mean, these are huge pieces to the winning team that won two years ago. Um, and, you know, you need to factor in, is it, is the last two first-round exits for them due to their age and their decline? Or is it due to the coaching system? I think... I, or is it both? Well, I mean, you look at a you look at a head coach like they, they previously did have. Um, you know, you have Barry Trotz there and the Islanders with a, a team that, that certainly doesn't look like that capital team that won. No, of course not. Not, not in the least bit. And, and he's no. making <laughs> a great push out of, quote-unquote, nothing. Yeah. You know? So... I think coaching, especially with a star-studded team like they have, you need a good coach behind them yeah. to not only humble but to also to lead these guys strengths. together. Yeah, you got to play out their strengths. You got to you got to put these guys in positions that make them good, that make them be that star-studded player. Yeah, because you know you're always gonna have Ovi. I mean, just look at the last series. I mean, he came up big. He was getting big goals and big moments and multiple goals. But it's not the Ovi show. It should be the Capitals show if you're a and Capitals I, fan. You know? And there's so many pieces on that team that it can very easily be the Capitals show. But yeah. we're not getting that out of that coach. So I, I think it's a smart move for the Capitals. Um, who they bring in, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who ca- who can they bring in. Yeah, I don't know. It's definitely something they got to figure out, but they got a little bit to figure it out. Yeah, well, um, actually, realistically, not. I mean, if you think about it, I, I think their plan is to get these guys back in by like January and for the next season. Is that is that? Yeah, it's like four, three, three, four months. Three, four months for a coach to come in and, and, and implement a whole new. We well, got to think about it though too. They're not really they're not really playing during the summers. Like in a typical year, they're not playing during the summers. Yeah. No, I mean that that that's for sure. But that this is definitely a season that. Is it just going to be a wash for the next season because they're trying to get their, you know, their coaching staff up? Yeah. So, with age, um, comes talks of like trades. Um, throughout the league, there's a lot of trade rumors already. Um, we actually saw one happen already, which is a pretty fucking crazy trade. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, we reported it on uh, at the Clapper Report. So if you guys want, go check At it out. T H E C L A P P E R R E P O R T. We are now your latest and greatest news reporting. No, I'm kidding. But um, great post by the way, Justin. Thank you great. so much. It was my first time. But uh, 
I don't know. Who do you think got roped? Uh, Maple Leafs or Pittsburgh? You know... Kapanen, I mean, he, he's definitely top six. Yeah. I mean, for I think it's just... first round pick. I think it just depends on who you think the Maple Leafs are going to draft with that 15th overall pick. I mean, there's a few young defensemen. I honestly... I looked it up a little bit before... Um, like or I'm sorry, right after posting it to see who they could potentially select, but it wasn't like a huge name. Yeah. Um, I do think the Penguins won the trade, just because Kasperi Kapanen can fit right in. I think he's a top six forward immediately. Yeah. Um, Evan Rodriguez, he's a good fourth line guy. Well, you then, know, yeah, they know what they're getting, and the future of that draft, especially later in the first round, you, yeah. you don't know what you're gonna get. No, and that's the thing, you know. Would you rather, you know, uh, would you want to gamble that, you know, like I don't know what 10% chance that he becomes a top six guy or a top four if he's a defenseman or would you rather have a top six defenseman but it's like the Maple Leafs needed that space I mean like 30 million of their salary is encapsulated in four players yeah you know no, which is so ridiculous. they definitely opened up some room for them so I definitely think that they uh they definitely had a good move it's a gamble for sure um yeah to see but, what's going to come out of that pick but it's also a necessary game but it was also like. necessary like their 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 hand was kind of forced I and mean, would you rather have Kasperi Kapanen go or Mitch Marner go? You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're kind of screwed with Mitch Marner, you know? You're not going to get it. Nobody's going to be able to take that contract on. So, you know, Kasperi Kapanen making... Especially with making, the new contract deals. Yeah, Kasperi Kapanen, I think I think he says making like 3.2 for the next two years, and that's not a lot for a team like the Penguins. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I think the Penguins won the trade. Well... I'm excited to see what Kapanen can do with the uh, Penguins. Yeah, well, I mean, speaking of the Penguins... um, a rumor mill that I saw circulating, I, I think it was on the NHL website even, uh, they were talking about chipping up their, their goaltending. You know, they have two goaltenders there. Murray may be on the chopping block. I've been saying this forever. Matt Murray's overrated. I'm sorry. I I don't so buy into him. So is his time done? I've never bought into him. But what team would want him? Nobody. So it's and like he's a fringe starter. I feel like at this point right now, you know, he doesn't have the capability. I feel like he'll they'll keep him and he'll get picked up by Seattle or something. That, if he's that, that would many be, years on his contract. So watch it now. Imagine he goes there too. He gets picked up in the expansion draft. Yeah, he'll probably be a backup. No, I'm just kidding. But you know, now oh, I'm digging pretty hard at Murray right now. I mean, yeah. Listen, man. I don't know. I, I'm not a big believer in him, and I know, yeah, he won them a cup, whatever. But like. I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, so we'll see. Maybe he gets picked. Maybe he gets picked up in the draft. Maybe they don't save him. So that that's an interesting thing to look at. And I think there's plenty of other teams, especially as you know these rounds progress and, and people start to drop off. We're gonna see a lot more trades, I think, before. I mean, I'm just. Look, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at his stats this year, bro. They sucked. Well, I think he he's split, under a nine hundred. Right? How many games did he have? Yeah, I mean, it was like half and a half. It was 38 games. So, yeah, he played about like half. But, and that, but that's still a good amount. What was his percentage? 899. All right, yeah. So, that's, he's that's definitely... way below average. That, is it, has it been like a steady decline from him? Or is this kind of like a, a so out there year? in his five years in the league, and the games played were 13, 49, 49, 50, and 38. He had a 930, but that was only in 13 games. 923. Um, nine oh seven, nine nineteen last year, and then an eight nine nine. He's very inconsistent. Yeah. Well, it's it's also one really bad year, I'd say, and, and really bad year, kind of not. I don't know. I I guess you gotta see how he is like next season. 
I guess I guess you got to give him some more time. Oh, I'm stupid. He's an RFA this year. Is he? Yeah. I, okay. So that brings into a whole nother conversation. Do they keep him or do, should yeah. I stay or should I go now? Like, but <laughs> yeah. No. What if somebody makes that offer? But who's going to offer? I don't think there's any team realistically right now that's no. that's incredibly in need of a goaltender. I mean, honestly, as much as I hate to say it, if the Canucks can't sign Jacob Markstrom, then they might be looking at. Uh, they might be looking at. Imagine he becomes your <laughs> oh, next goaltender. No. Oh no, Thatcher Demko's a starter. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, another and the last point that we'll make before we kind of break down some of these series, um, we have Tortorella getting fined. Did you see that press conference? It's ridiculous. I'm sorry. All these fines that the NHL has been handing out for. A, criticizing the refs, and B, then for just walking out. I'm sorry. I, I don't see it. I don't like that. I forgot who it was. I think it was, um, oh, my God. I don't know if I want to make the reference now, but where he was like, I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> kind of felt like that kind of a moment, and I then he got fined what's anyway. That from? It was an NFL player. I forgot who it was. Oh, I don't, I've seen the meme before, but. Yeah, yeah. So um, he showed up. He answered to well, a question and a half, and then and then walked out. So. But, I mean, you just lost a game five and embarrassing, not embarrassing, but, you know, you lost pretty quickly there to Lightning, who you weren't really expected to beat. Yeah, but, like, wasn't he also asked a really dumb question? I or mean, it was like, that's how do you all, feel after a you... loss or something? Yeah, it's like, how I do mean, you think I feel? I feel shitty. Yeah, I mean, you know? what other questions are they going to ask on these Zoom calls? Like, they're stupid, these post-game press conferences, especially post-series. I mean, I understand... And it, of course, gave us news to talk about and gave other news outlets news to talk about because now he's got fine, so it makes... That's such bullshit. And it wasn't like a little amount either. It was like, it was like 50K or something. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty penny. And it was for him to realistically not really do anything entirely too bad. No. I, I feel like he's done other things in his career that he should have been fined for a little bit more than that. Or trying to beat on the Flames coach. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, mean, I think he was... I know he was suspended a game for that. Yeah, he was fined and suspended a game, I think. Yeah. Well... Anyway, honestly, man, I don't like that at all. And I think I said it about when uh, Ron Brittimore was fined for calling out the refs. Yeah. Was it Ron Brittimore? Yeah, it was. And, um, yeah, man, I don't like it. I think it's stupid. And, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess now we can kind of try to talk about some of these games. Um, I know the Canucks series... I guess we'll start there. Typically, we start in the East, so we'll swap it up. We'll go with the West. Uh, all right. So, Canucks and uh, the boys in, in black and gray there No, in Vegas. not the boys. Um, <laughs> there was a bunch of different storylines going on. A kind of weird one with Vegas. It feels like an eternity ago, but I'm sure you saw his... Oh, with, uh, uh, his uh, agent posting that image with yeah. uh, a sword going through his back with um, the general manager's name where... Uh, what's his name? I don't know, but yeah, it was behind him and going through his back. Like he got stabbed in the back because Robin fucking Laner got the starting job. Yeah, I don't know. As That's not the most professional thing. That's something you would expect to see from the Clapper report. And yeah. not for... Um, for a professional agent who manages a bunch of players, including some of Flurry's teammates. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. Well, apparently he's not even some, like, Joe Schmo like, agent. Like, yeah. apparently this guy has, like, millions and millions and millions. I know every agent probably has millions in contracts, but he's one of the top agents in the league. Yeah. So it, it's interesting to see. And then a lot of people were, were rushing to his defense saying, like, oh, it was his agent. Like, they had to have conversations about this. 
And yeah. like, no, exactly. No agent's gonna go completely rogue and just post this on him. But like, also you got to think too. The, I know the the team themselves and the coach they were trying to state that they have a two goalie system. Yeah. And I, I think that there was an opportunity, especially I think it was, I think it was after game two, after watching Laner give up a couple not soft goals, but giving up goals. They were soft. They were soft to, to Vancouver. You know, you kind of see him in a in a position to start Game Three. Yeah, I mean, I obviously mean, now we have the postponement, so you know, you kind of give Laner like, you give Laner a little bit of a break. Maybe he comes back in, but you definitely had an opportunity. Or Flurry definitely, if he would have waited, didn't make this comment, definitely had time to sit back, let Laner make his mistake, and then step in and actually show why he should have been it. Yeah, definitely. But instead, he definitely he definitely feels like he should have been goalie one in a two goalie system so it's kind of like you had your one a and one b so we'll see i think it goes back to like you know flurry's one of the best goalies of the past decade you know won won a lot of cups yeah but i mean look um, at laner like i i know i talk about him a lot and i kind of you know stroke him a little hard here because i i loved him in his time at the islanders but he he's an award-winning goaltender oh no definitely i'm just trying to think of it from from uh flurry and flurry's agent's point of view yeah it's like you know i mean People are talking about Flurry going to the Hall of Fame. Do I see him as that? I don't, I don't know. know. And I, I guess maybe something like this, he kind of felt like tainted his way into getting there. Well, I mean, also, he was like Vegas's most liked player since their... Well, yeah, their marketing was mainly focused around him, especially when Vegas first you know, started popping up. Like They, they were pushing him yeah. hard. And, and how could you not? Yeah, I mean, well, that was like the only real face, at least uh, in the beginning, that they had. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a really likable guy, so uh, it made sense for that angle for them to push it. Yeah, and now now I can kind of see where he kind of feels slighted, but I, I I think it was definitely looked into a little too hard by his team, and then even his comments about it, he kind of like punted the ball basically on the uh, on the talk about it in the post conference. So I don't yeah. know. I think that it's really not too big of a situation. I feel like it's kind of something that. In normal times, not in a bubble, kind of would have yeah. would have been talked about for a little bit, then kind of just brushed over. No, definitely. But now with um, with the way it is and and how the NHL set up with these Zoom calls, there's not really much for people to really dig on. So I feel like it's something yeah, that's it's gonna like be talked about for a little everything. bit. I don't know. Another thing is like how Vegas is like, and you know we're recording this after Game Two, but everyone was saying you know like Vegas like. They're the best team in the West, you know. They're like, uh, they're they're a cup contender. They and I think MoneyPuck.com has them as like the number one pick to win the cup. Yeah, and it's like the series is tied. Like, yeah. So after game one, though, know? so we okay. have to talk about right. that. That yeah. that that wasn't a good look. I think I just like repressed it in my head. Yeah, you kind of like moved on. It it didn't look good. No, it, game it looked one. it looked super dominant from them, and it, it, it was kind of like that that Vegas team that you expected to show up. Yeah, I think I went to bed after the second period. Yeah. This was like so, 4-0. I was like, I'm not doing this. I definitely see why they're the favorites still. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's they, other teams that that were definitely hyped up that that aren't really making moves now. I mean, Capitals, Av- <coughs> Maple Leafs, <coughs> Avalanche. Although the Stars are a good team, I feel like they were kind of slept on looking at the makeup. I was sleeping on them. Yeah, me too. Honestly, I was like full <laughs> Avalanche at that point, but staying on course, um the Vegas, they're definitely, in my opinion, still the favorites. They're still the favorites. They're still the definitely. favorites, I think. But but definitely, I mean, they're I, weak. I, I feel I, like after game two, yeah. there there is definitely a hole that 
can be picked at. So there's not a lot to talk about with game one. Vegas absolutely dominated the Canucks and um, it made me very upset. Um, but then, so we see this time and time again now with the Vancouver Canucks, who this, who's this really young team. They can bounce back after they get blown away. I mean, you look back to uh, game one against Minnesota. They lost 3-0, I believe, and they came back, and they won the next three straight. Yeah. You know, they got sm- They were up 2-0 against the Blues, lost the next two games, then won the next two games. You know, they are able to come back from these big losses. And this is a young team, too. Most of their core is under 24. Their yeah. captain's only 25. You know, yeah. this team has resilience, and that's such an awesome thing to see in such a young team. Especially moving into that game, too, after what would considerably be an embarrassing loss, but... It was an embarrassing. It was an embarrassing loss, loss. Yeah, and then can. and then seeing them come back that way. But a big nod to them and what they've been doing this entire you know postseason is their power play. Yeah, they're they're young guys making moves on the power play. Yeah, that first power play unit the Canucks is incredible. I love watching. Who's I mean, leading that again? Yo, the, all of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean you can't even so, really so put one have, guy. On we'll say Bo Horvat, Elias Pettersson, Quinn Hughes, Horvath. JT Miller, and Besser. I feel like he's becoming a name. He's making way more than a name for himself this postseason. He's got the most goals in the playoffs right now. Yeah, like and he's insane. a second line center. You know, I, I mean, I feel like a majority, and I don't know because I don't, I haven't watched too much of it, but I feel like most of them probably came from that power play. I, if I've been hearing things correctly, I feel like he's been getting a ton of power play looks, and and that's yeah. what that's what's really driving this team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, once they go in the power play, and it's the first power play unit out. It's over. But, but if it's the second power play, it's the second power play unit. Oh God, I I I am wait. I'm ready. I, that's when I go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It's well, like... and then but it's it's almost like they shot themselves in the foot in the first game, trying to go yeah. at Reeves like that in the beginning, causing penalties, and then Yo, oh, ten man. minutes in the box at one point. No. But... Okay. See, that one was bullshit. I'm sorry. That one was bullshit. He literally. Hugged Reeves, saying something to him, and they said 10-minute misconduct. I saw Ovi doing worse to Sezikas at that one point in that and game. And that's the thing. I mean, granted, because they, they were saying it's because Roussel went up to Laner before, before the game, the game started game. and said something, and the refs warned him. They were like, oh, if you keep starting shit, then, you know, we're going to, like, penalize you. What was all of Vegas doing, though? Yeah. You know, it's like, he it's was not doing just Roussel. He was doing chicken calls on the fucking bench. It was kind of funny to see. It was funny hey, that the cameras caught that. No, but, you know, and then something that kind of got me, like, not not tight, but it got me, like, just like, what the fuck? The, if, you would, if you weren't watching hockey, if you didn't watch, ever watch hockey and the first game that you watched was game one against the Canucks from the Vegas standpoint, you would think that Reeves is fucking Crosby. Yeah. Like, the way that they were showing him this broadcast, bro, his course, he was terrible that game. The Ve- Vegas Golden Knights only had, like, six shot, five or six shots with him on the ice, and the Canucks had, like, 15 yeah. Towards Vegas. He didn't have an impact. Yeah. You know, there was just, just a physical aspect of it, and it it worked, and, and it got them uh, the viewership that they wanted, I felt like. Because yeah, I definitely shut down stayed game tuned two. to that. He got shut down game two, so anyway. Well, yeah, so then what that, again, kind of brings it back. They were able to get the power play goals in game two. They were able to get back to that to that team. And Elias fucking Pedersen. That fucking move. Yeah, oh, my that God. That was nutty. I remember seeing the Twitter clip of that. Bro, two feet in front of the net. Just boop, 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 boop. got it right in the net. I, Dude, when I was cause I was laying down in my bed watching that on my laptop, I shot up. I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> like, just <laughs> like, I was so hyped. I was like, this kid's only fucking 21 years old. Like, Yeah. No, it, it's crazy, these kids. 
I call them kids. Meanwhile, we could probably be best friends with them. But yeah, they're still. like a year younger. Than us, but. but still, it's it's fun. Yeah, man. I don't know. So that's the Canucks for me. So, I mean, what they have to do in Game Three is keep on shooting the puck at the net. You know, they've been out shot in all the games. They just need to keep shooting it on either Laner or Flurry, depending on who's uh, starting. And um, and yeah, they just need to pepper them, make yeah. them nervous. Well, I feel like if they get to the goalie early, it's kind of going to be that in the back of their head that like, oh shit, if I give up another one or if I give up another two, I'm going to be pulled. Yeah. So I think it's whether or not it's in the goaltender's head. Maybe they're able to clear it out. Allegedly, they're friends. But yeah, they probably are. But it's a matter of the competition, you know. Yeah, we could be friends, but still want to win. So is that going to be in the back of these goaltenders' head? So I feel like if the Canucks can, you know, somehow draw these penalties early, get these, you know, reuse, get all these guys mad, get them to to poke at them early, get on the power play, yeah, and get to them early, get these goals in early, and I feel like they'll be able to keep up and possibly upset them. I think it could happen. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. So next we have the. Islanders and Flyers. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. we'll talk about them, and then and then we'll kind of talk about all the other all the other games. Although it's yeah. not a lot, which is like obviously we're we're moving down. Like I felt like we were watching hockey all day long. Yeah, like we were starting some games at like noon, <laughs> and then like now yeah. it's like now it's all towards the end of the night. Kind of a kind of a sad thing. It's kind of like how it was. Yeah. Before it, like COVID, but yeah. But the Islanders came one. Yeah, dude, it shocked me. It that was that was nuts. I mean, they like that first period. They they look like the team, man. They look like the Islanders. They got to it early. Yeah, the team to beat. You got the old man Andy Green stepping up with the goal, yeah, and then first even in a like block. ten years or something. First so, goal in ten years. Yeah, or it was his like first playoff goal in over a decade. Crazy man. So like, you got the old man putting in the efforts, getting the goals, and then the block too. I, I forgot who the shot was from. Let me see here. Um, I don't know, but it it was a bad out of position for Varley. He was in transition, moving over, clear shot, and it was. You can even see it in Andy Green's eyes. It was pure yeah. desperation, just moving over. Got the lucky block, <laughs> but he was doing everything. And then it kind of moved to the second period, and yeah. it shifted. It went from probably one of the best Islander period of hockey this entire postseason mm-hmm. to what looked like the worst, at least <laughs> defensively. Yeah, they got too comfortable. They got. I don't even know if it's comfortable. I think that the Flyers are are definitely a high octane team. When they get moving, they get moving. And yeah. it's kind of something where the Islanders have to do their game and do their part of, of keeping them to the edge and, and getting those bad out, you know, those bad shot angles and, and keep them to that and, and kind of rely on Varley, which yeah. he held the part in, yeah, exactly. in the second period. That was probably his best period of hockey. Yeah, I you know, you need to force them to the outside, the Flyers, and let Varlama make those saves that he can make, you know. And he was all about system. it. He literally was standing on his head the entire period, making incredible saves. So that was fun to see. Um, it was pretty much all Flyers in the second. And then the third came in, and, and that's when, like, they started to look like that first period again. Yeah. And they were, I don't want to say getting good goals in, but there was a lot of extra effort. In mm-hmm. the corners, like Ross Johnson, the boy who I keep plugging, <laughs> trying to get him on the ice, he finally got his opportunity, and and he was bringing the body game one. Exactly, playing the game that the he lower. knows how to play. And then he was being extra gritty in the corners, and, and he was able to bury out that puck, and I think it was Pajot who who buried it for him. Yeah. And they 
they were playing good. They when were playing you, and you really know, good. It's a stereotype, like in the hockey answers, like we were talking about before with the live the life, you know, like the boring hockey answers, but like cookie cutter. But, you know, it's like you got to get down low, get down gritty, get in the corners and win those puck battles. And that's the thing that does win a series. And that was the a stereotypical day. goal yeah, for that, that, for that hockey pota- answer. Yeah, it's a meat potatoes. It's like solid. It's what you look for as a coach, especially like as Barry Trotz, you know, playing off of the Islander system. You know, that's exactly what you need. And that's why know? Johnson, a player like him, is a great fit for them. Yeah. He get, he brings that physicality, he brings that 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 pressure that they need, and look, it turned into a goal. So yeah, exactly. I think they're after game one, I was ready to sign a check for like our house. I was gonna go do it behind <laughs> my mom's back, sign the house up for a fucking bet that they're gonna win the series in four. I mean, it was it looked incredible after yeah, that. It was a good game. So moving on to game two, I. I was a little scared, I was a little say. So, um, I, again, I, I worked during the day, and this was a day game. Uh, I think it started at 3. And uh, they they went to a 3-0 deficit very early on. Yeah. I come out of the meeting, and I see my phone alerts, and they're down <laughs> 3-0. So I started bugging out there. And then they started creeping back, started creeping back. The Islanders started to look like themselves again. Yeah, they got some life back into them. Not to mention Varley got pulled. Which is something you don't want to see, but it, it worked out necessary. for them because Grice came in and he he was great. I yeah. think that was his first time on the ice since the postseason, so it was good to see him back out on the ice making some good saves. And he didn't let anything up. He had a couple good looks too, so that was good to see. Yeah. But then again, yeah, they started crawling back. Um, it was like late. I think it was like three minutes left. They tied it up. Yeah, which. I started bugging out. Those late goals always help your momentum out, you know, and those, that that just ignites the room, you know. It, it was all Islanders. It was yeah. all Islanders at the end. It was like every opportunity, every time they got into the zone, they were keeping it in the zone. Watching yeah. this team keep the puck in their zone. They were fiending for it. Everybody calls it boring, like how they play sometimes. I'm one of those people. Although I, I like them. But, I agree uh, to know. a sense, but then like you see things like that, where they're yeah. keeping that puck in their zone, and they're pushing and pushing and prying that pressure. That was incredibly fun to watch, at least yeah. for me. I don't know. I was having a blast and, and seeing them tie it up. And even after that goal, I thought they were going to do it. They got the, So they tried to review the play because they thought it was offsides. Yeah. They went to the power play, and then the Islanders just... I think they kind of shit the bed on that power play, but then right after it, you know, they started to look okay, and then it went to overtime. Yeah. I don't even really think there was many opportunities. I think it was only like two or three minutes in, so it really wasn't that much time for the game to develop. It was quick overtime, yeah. But it was a lucky goal. <laughs> yeah. It was a lucky goal. They they had a couple flurry of shots um, in, the, in the beginning, and uh, and then it just went right off the stick of, I think it was Barzell. And deflected into the net, and it was a bad angle, bad bounce. Like it's one of, yeah. there was nothing Grice can do. You know, you no, don't exactly. expect that you type of a bounce. Him. And it was, it was heartbreaking. It was, it was like oh, okay, you know, they battled back, so it was all for nothing. But I think it's just a testament to the resilience of this Islander team. Oh, definitely, because I mean, getting three goals back like that is like. That's a lot. Especially with two minutes left in the third. Like yeah. I, At that point, me, you're asking me, after I just skated around for 45 plus minutes and we're still down, I would have set, I would have fucking packed my bags. I would have been sitting on the bench <laughs> like, all right, well, you know. Don't put me back on. Don't put me back on, coach, because this is the fucking end. I'm getting ready for game three at this point. But it, it, it just proves that the players 
buy into the system, then they know if they play yeah. the game that they know, like they did in period two, and then tremendously in uh, period three, they're gonna they're gonna have a chance. And no, definitely. I think that this loss for them was big. I think I think it was a testament to if they believe the system, they can get there and they can give themselves an opportunity. It didn't pan out in the end, but I, I don't think it was like a traditional loss. I think it was no. a momentum building loss. Exactly, and it builds momentum for that next game. That's exactly what I was going to say. You know, it gives them that drive to win. Like, hey, we can do this. You know, yeah. we can come we, back from any deficit and we can stick it to them. You know? Yeah. No, and and I think that's what we saw from that team. And I don't know. I I, I got hyped for that game. I can't wait for it. I think it's on Saturday now. Yeah, game three is now on Saturday, so it's going to be interesting. I, I, you know, the goaltending situation. Like, do you go with Grice? Do you go with Varley? Yeah. I, I think I think you know you gave Varley some rest. Maybe you start with him. I mean, he was hot before. Literally, like one of the best goaltenders in the bubble. I, yeah, I feel. definitely. So it's like, do you give him that shot again? And you know you have Grice that you can rely on. I think that's the safe bet. But which one? Varley, yeah, and then of course you have Grice as like the backup again. I feel like that's a safe bet. But if they want to gamble, not necessarily gamble, because Grice is great on his own. I think that he he can definitely be a starter in these in these playoffs. So well, I mean, yeah, I think it's akin to the whole Vegas situation. You know, it's like Laner's had that rest. You know, and and, you know, do you go with Laner again? I mean, he was doing well beforehand. You know, so. What's what's the harm in trying it again? What's the harm you know, in trying it? And then you have that to rely on, which I, I think both series are tied. I think that's what they're gonna do. I think that's what both teams are gonna do. I think they're gonna go with what they know. Yeah, because it's not like it's not like the playing series where it was a uh, it was a five game series, you know, where you know you lo- you're down one game and, and it's it, like yeah. fuck fuck, it's like panic button, you know. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no. So I I definitely think it's gonna be something to watch uh, for the goaltending situation and I, I definitely think uh, they're gonna go with what they know both of these teams and yeah we'll see how that rolls Islanders are winning it in five and that's the <laughs> that's the story there um, we'll stick in the east I think yeah we'll move over to lightning Bruins so what did you I remember who did you want who did you think was winning it I think you said lightning obviously right I think I said lightning yeah it kind of it's kind of looking that way not really i mean well so the first couple games it was exactly what i did expect you know that tight game um back and forth goals yeah you know um halak playing really well for coming in like late into the um bubble yaro but but um but yeah then that yo that game three holy shit did that hurt to watch and i hate boston i hate them yeah but fuck did that hurt to watch yeah i i thought you were gonna see something from them especially even after game two was back and forth back and forth and then eventually the overtime winner going to them you know the lightning yeah Braden point yep shout out Braden point did uh, was it yeah Braden point we posted it on our instagram on our story you see that extra effort he was putting out that that spin around off the boards the clean feet across the ice yeah, I'm glad I'm. Uh, I'm glad that he's getting the recognition that he's starting to deserve. He is one. He, he young too, is bro. making a name for himself this postseason. He's post like 23, 24, and this kid is like great already, like amazing. No, he's he's mad fun to watch. He's insane. He's insane. So seeing that from him, and then as you were diving into the seven-one game in game three, <sighs> God, yeah, brutal. Man. So. You love to see it. I but you also it, hate to see it. Yeah. Shout <laughs> yeah. out Dan. Um, I know you've been texting me. He's one of my coworkers. So shout out Dan. I don't, he, uh, I don't know you, but word. 
He's a big fan of Boston. And, oh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to. Uh, I take back what I said. I don't. I'm just kidding. Nah. So, um, <laughs> I think it's kind of gonna go the way it's going now. I think Tampa definitely is gonna edge them out. I think it's gonna be a good series. I think that there's still, still gonna be some go back and forth games. games. Yeah, it's I think gonna it's go gonna seven. be a six-seven series. It's gonna go tit for tat. I think it could still go either way. But if yeah. I'm going to give an edge to anybody, especially after the last game, yeah, it's the last as game. it's starting to move into the end of the se- middle end of series, yeah, I think Lightning definitely still do have that edge. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yo, now <laughs> I know I. So we're talking about the Stars and Avalanche, by the way. I did not. <laughs> expect the stars i know to do anything i honestly th- thought the avalanche I would mean, spank them i didn't think it was gonna be nothing but i i dallas is looking nuts yeah um game one was a shock and then game two i thought was an error i thought the nhl lap sent me the wrong uh yeah the wrong seriously. score and i was like what this doesn't make sense like i i no offense to you and i'm, I'm sorry for saying this i oh. thought for sure we were going to have the Avalanche Vegas um, conference finals. Yeah. I thought that it was the clear, decisive decision <laughs> across the league. But then Dallas, I mean, they're they're looking nuts. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I agree. And honestly, I, I feel like a lot of it has to do with, I don't want to say that, like that's because of the goaltender, but like Grubauer got hurt in what was it, game one? So. I don't know. I definitely think that's a huge morale deflator, I guess. I, it's a huge hit to your morale. Yeah. You know, especially because how well, because of how well Grubauer's been playing. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's a lot. And it's definitely a lot of pressure on Francois. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. I, it's, it looks like Frank Coos. I know that's not it. <laughs> but, like, but it's definitely a lot of pressure on him. And, you know, I mean, hats off to him, though, for game three, uh, helping the Avalanche pull out a dub. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean the Dallas team, I didn't expect are we, it. But. Are we gonna see them kind of bounce back? Like, do you think that's all the push that we're gonna see out of Dallas? Do you think they're gonna really be able to end it? I feel like people like Kadri and all these guys on the Avalanche, all the firepower they have. I don't, I don't think this is all we're gonna see out of them. And we have to talk about McKinnon. McKinnon, yeah. And Cal McCarr. Oh my I don't god, think, they are so fun to watch. Man. I don't think that's going to be the end. Of no, it's I, not I the don't end. think. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Avalanche takes the rest of the games. Oh, if they take the rest of them, like they win like three straight. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. But also, I, I don't want to discredit Dallas and all that they've done against yeah. such a great team. No, I agree. And you know, I mean, a lot of it also. I love watching Miro Heiskanen play. That defenseman, man, he is so fun to watch. He's like fourth in the NHL for the playoffs in points. Yeah. As a defenseman. As, as like a 22-year-old defenseman, yeah. defenseman. Guy's insane. Yeah, he, I keep saying it. I feel like I said it four times. He's making a name for himself. A lot of guys yeah. are, are, are coming out of like the woodworks here and, and like star studs. It seems yeah, like. man. I mean, I, yeah, I enjoy watching him play. Uh, I enjoy, but the, I also enjoy watching Avalanche play. They're very fun team. I, I think that they're gonna still be that team. I know it was a rough yeah. start. Yeah. I feel like they're gonna find their footing. They get these couple days off. I think they're gonna come back, and it, it's gonna be that Colorado team that we that we know of. I do have to say, if somehow Vancouver pulls out a miracle and they win against Vegas, right? They stomp them out. They take the sword even further into Laner's back now, Whoa. right? 
metaphorically. <laughs> I would much rather the Canucks play star- the Stars. Yeah. You know, definitely. I mean, because the Avalanche, bro, they would take it to the Canucks. I mean, yeah. I know that we're, we were saying about Vegas and, you know, series tied right now, but wow, did, would they... Would that be a shock? I, you know, I always make fun of my takes. Um, the name of our last episode was, you know, the cold takes. I imagine both Avalanche and Vegas falling in this round. I would love it. I mean, well, okay. I do, because I do like the Avalanche. I feel like it would clear it up for the East, baby. Islanders would come and... No, 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 no. I, Yo, if, if Canucks beat Vegas, if the Canucks beat Vegas, bro. Ooh. Yeah, that's going to be a story. You know, it's funny. Ever since... Uh, what's it called? We started the podcast. A bunch of my friends have been texting me. My family's been talking to me about it, and they've been saying how like, oh, you know, it's gonna be a Vancouver and New York Islanders Stanley Cup. I go, don't fucking say that. Don't you're gonna fucking jinx it. And right after, as soon as people started saying that, they lost to the Blues in Game Three, and I was like, God, fuck it. I was like, that's the series. That's it. It's over. <laughs> yeah. Yo, if that happens, we're gonna have to do something. Yeah, we would. Ha- we're we gonna have to do like live sit-ins of the game and just like watch them live or something. Oh yeah, I'd be pretty seized. I don't know, oh, but we'd have to wager something too. Oh yeah, easily. But we'll, we'll the, cross that bridge. When yeah, we, get we there. can't get too ahead of ourselves. I'm getting too goosey thinking about that. <laughs> I know I'm getting excited and watch this be it for them. Who knows? No, but uh, great stuff. Um, yeah, thank you again for uh, for doing this with me, buddy. We're we're having fun. Yeah, I'm having fun every week. Yeah, again, it's what I look forward to most. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, my Fridays are a lot better. I know, and writing up all these like things, trying to get all these ideas, it's it's so fun. And yeah, exactly. Instagram, where we've been posting like every day, almost. I know, I think today we didn't, but trying to make a post every day and design these things, it, it's, it's fun. It, it's hard for me, but it's still fun. The couple that I did. Yeah. <laughs> no, you came out with great designs. I like the uh, the trade one. I was goosed when you posted that. I was like, let's go. <laughs> But uh, no, it, yeah, that's uh, and also our Instagram at the Clapper Report T H E C L A P P E R R E P O R T. How to get that spelling in? I love it. it. It helps me stay sharp. I don't think I'm gonna have any <laughs> mental issues when I'm older now, but <laughs> like brain degeneration or something. But <laughs> but <laughs> but anyway, I think that uh, that about does it. Please follow us again on on the Instagram um, on Facebook, the yes. Clapper Report. I think we crossed like a hundred followers on there, which is nuts. Woo. So um, that's cool. Uh, we'll be back again next Saturday with another episode. So be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple. Please leave us a review. Uh, apparently that means a lot. Yeah, it drives up the charts. And uh, yeah, we also just want to say, again, we always do it. Shout out to our friends and family for uh, sharing the podcast, uh, liking it, listening to it, all that jazz. It uh, means the world to us, and it all starts with you. Yeah. All right. Good night, everybody. Night, guys.